Hi, this is Surya Devi, and welcome to A Voice for Love. I'm a world music artist and healer from Vancouver, Canada, with over two decades' experience serving individuals from all walks of life. We're going to be speaking with leaders and visionaries from around the world in the field of art, music, activism, health, education, spirituality, and more to talk about what it means to be a voice for love. We're going through massive changes on the planet right now, and I believe that what the world needs more than ever are people who are aligned, heart-led, and who can speak from the soul to help usher in even bigger shifts that will elevate us all into a more harmonious existence together. Thank you so much for joining us. for love. I'm Surya and I'm so excited here to have my very good friend Zoe Bridgman as my guest here today. Oh, thank you so much for coming. I'm so excited. Um, Zoe lives in Atlanta and she's the co-host of Underwater Radio and she's a screenwriter and a producer and just an incredible human being. And um, you're, you're like the smartest person that I know, one of them. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> You are. You're one of my go-tos for two things. One is like questions about things that are going on in the world because you're always on top of everything. And actually, you're one of my intuition. You always have such a, a good intuition about things too. So, um, well, you're that for me as well. Trust me. We've been supporting each other throughout this whole 2020, really. <laughs> and before too, but really yeah, before. Yeah. We need a little extra support in 2020. Yeah. So I see. I got like crystals like your sign. Okay. <laughs> Like, I know. Yeah. We've all got crystals everywhere, like arm, nobody knows. Sage, everything, yes. Welcome, Zoe. We Thank you so much. So yeah. please um, tell us a little bit about yourself for um, anyone who might not know you. Yeah, well, uh, Surya and I know each other from um, Vancouver. So I used to live in Vancouver. I, I lived there for over 20 years, um, so half my life. And um, I guess that's where my love for film and television and entertainment was fostered. Um, graduated from UBC uh, with an honors degree in sociology, uh, specifying in racism and ethnic relations. So that's perfect for what's happening now. <laughs> Actually, my thesis title was what happened to the revolution amongst black Americans. And that was 20 years ago I wrote it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Where can, can anyone? Can we I think my mother has it. <laughs> it's in a book form. I think she has it. <laughs> when I come uh, back to Vancouver to visit, I'm I'm gonna get it, get it out and take a look at it and see what I wrote 20 years ago. Well, there might be I, I, really great pieces in there that were you know it would be very interesting. Yeah, yeah, it was and like some of it comes to mind and um, but yeah, I think that's that should be a, um, a follow up show because once I read it again, I'm, I'm gonna see. Well, you know what I think a lot of these things came to pass because I knew 20 years ago that the work hadn't been completed. That's why I wrote that thesis. Um, because I, I called what we were given at the time pacifiers. Um, you know, we could sit in the front of the bus now, you could drink, you know, from this water fountain, you can sit at this counter, but I knew that the work hadn't been completed yet. I knew it was just, that was surface. And, um, you know, like with any wound, you can't just put a bandaid on it. You have to really clean it out, disinfect it, um, sometimes even stitch it up before it can heal properly. Even though there's, you know, 
you try to avoid scars, it'll be there. But um, I think that a lot of the things that were given to Black Americans in the last three, four decades were, in fact, just band-aids over very deep infected wounds. So that's what caused me to write it years ago. And I, I don't, I'm a fan of the phrase, um, the emperor has no clothes. I was that person running around Vancouver uh, well, I felt like people were telling Vancouver that, oh, it's, you're, you're outfitted in the finest of robes. And I'm sitting here going, your ass is out. Excuse me, but like, I can see it. You know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> like, why am I the only one? And, uh, you know, at the time it, I was seen as crazy or, um, and, you know, a lot of the people reacted to me dismissively. There's no such thing as racism and there's no such thing. As... I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. And here we are 20 years later. Well, here we are. And I just heard you say several times, like, oh, the work hasn't been completed. The work wasn't completed then. Yeah. It's still not completed now, which is very obvious, you know, although we're, we're having a celebration of a win um, in the past few days with the U.S. election. And yet it's a celebration. And yet it also shows very glaringly that it's a very divided nation. And it was just very much too close of a call, which indicates that there are many people who are still very unaware of what is is going on and not even just unaware they're dangerously in opposition to understanding yes um they're choosing ignorance they're choosing not to understand um i see it this way a child a child can tell when something is wrong okay and this might be sensitive material sorry if i trigger anyone but think about children when a child is being touched or molested or treated in a, in a bad way and they don't tell, they don't express themselves, it's because a person in a power position or position of authority has told them that although you may feel bad about this, this is right. Although this may make you feel uncomfortable and you're confused, I'm a position of power and I'm gonna tell you that this is fun, this is fine, this is how we do things, this is how we show affection. You see, you get, see where I'm going with this? Mm -hmm. Everybody needs to check their spirit. You don't need me, you don't need a red, you don't need a blue to tell you what is right and wrong. You've been programmed not to trust your spirit. The tuning fork, the measure that was provided to you about what is right and what is wrong. If we were to go back to the basics and check in with ourselves, regardless of what people in position of authority tell us, we would know what feels good is good and what doesn't feel good is wrong. The last four years did not feel good for anyone on either side. So why are some people saying to us that it's the right way? See where I'm going with that? Yeah, although did, did, so did everyone feel bad? Because I feel like some people actually thought that things were good and things were improving. And I was shocked that even spiritual people were saying this, that I knew that were like, yeah. You want to know why I say everyone felt bad? Hmm. Because if everyone felt good, there would be a spirit of compassion and understanding. They wouldn't react in anger to people who question their belief system. Mm -hmm. you see what I'm saying so they think they feel good they're defending what they believe in but if you have to fight on the internet on Instagram on Twitter every single day of your life to defend what it is you believe in does that really feel good that's a 
very, very good point. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> that way. And you know, speaking of, of which, you know, I'm trying not to, one of my friends said to me, she's like, I'm just so glad, like, I couldn't have taken four more years of, you know, who, you know? <laughs> like, we're yeah, just, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I just couldn't have taken it. I'm like, I know it was just, and I don't want to put everything on, on him because he is one person, but it does feel like he's yeah, yeah, very symbolic, you know, it was, he was almost like divinely placed there to expose everything that was always there. And it's like, I think it's funny when people say the media makes him look bad because I'm like, no, he makes himself look bad. Again, it's not just him. Like you said, he was placed there to, for us to expose and clean up the festering wound that was covered with band-aids. You know what I'm saying? So that we can truly be healed and not just um, limp around with, with chronic pain that we've just accepted. You see what I'm saying? So it is a chance to get better and do better. But again, that's why I say even the people who loved his reign, because that's what he tried to act like, some type of weird dictator. Um, again, there was you can't deny the fact that the vibration in America and subsequently the world was very low. It was very low during this administration. And I'm not talking about Democrat, Republican, just in general, the amount of unrest, the amount of death, the amount of pain, the amount of suffering that has occurred, the amount of anger, the amount of um, you know, bumping heads. Again, see, we are all one. So even though some may have liked the president that we had, they couldn't have been living a fully happy day-to-day -day existence, especially you know, if you have shame. There's a lot of Trump supporters who had shame about being Trump supporters and stayed quiet and would lie to I had a friend who voted for him <laughs> and didn't tell me he voted for him till six months later because he was ashamed. That's a positive spirit? Hmm. Not sure about that. <laughs> no, well, it, it's not a positive. And I mean, to me, again, just what stood out is like, you know, as a compassionate leader, he never made any acknowledgement of any of the terrible things that happened, to my knowledge, when he was when he was president, you know. If I was president of the country and, you know, some terrible thing happened with police brutality or a child getting shot or anything like that, you bet mm -hmm. the first thing that anyone with half a heart is going to do is acknowledge it, whether they mean it or not, because you know that, like, you know, politicians are kind of, you know, they're, they're all kind of tricksters, and yet they at least know to say the right thing. He, he didn't even say anything. He didn't even acknowledge. And so then to me, it was, it's actually very troublesome that um, so many people did and do support him. And what I'm seeing now, it's almost like this cognitive dissonance that's happened with people that supported him. And now, especially because they cannot come to grips with the fact that he's not, um, even today I was on Kamala Harris's page and mm. under her post, the first like 30 comments are all people saying Trump 2020 with American flags. It's like, they're just, <laughs> they're just not going to give up, you know? And it's very, uh, it's because it's an ideology. It's a, it's a, it's an ideology was created. Um, a cult following was created. Um, and now a lot of people don't know what to do with themselves. Uh, they really don't know what to do with themselves right now. <laughs> because they're like, okay, my life, as we know, it's not going to be the same. I'm not going to be fighting and campaigning and, and engaging. It's, it's a lot of people are sort of experiencing that, um, that, that let down after having been committed to this fight for so long, you know, um, good and bad. They're, they're just like, okay, what now? What's next? You know, but it, it, it's really, I don't have to agree with you to love you. 
It's a very simple concept. I don't understand why certain people can't embrace that. I had to pay taxes for the last four years to an administration, to a country I live in, but to an administration I didn't vote for. So for to have this man be the president of only the people who supported him and, and, and voted for him, well, they don't, why am I paying taxes? I'm still part of this country, in other words. I still would, whoever won, I would still have to go on. I would still have to thrive. I would still have to grow. I would still have to make something of my life. I still have to participate. You see what I'm trying to say? So it makes no sense to me why the, why, um, the Republicans are not acting like they understand that concept. Some are, I guess, but there's most, most of them are not. It's one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all, right? That's, that's the Pledge of Allegiance, right? Mm -hmm. that's, what, that's what it is. So that's a contract. And you got to understand, if you don't follow the words that were put into writing as the mandate of this country, then you are in breach of contract. There is unrest because America is in breach of its own contract with the world. We were not one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. People getting murdered and people being um, acquitted for those murders is not justice. You see what I'm trying to say? So on the very bare bones level, no matter who it was, this country was in breach of contract with itself. <laughs> we got to get back. That is profound. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Thank you. I never thought about that before. And that's yeah. like, that, that's it's the word perfect. they put into man. The words are power. They wrote that. That was the thing that you made children stand up and say a pledge of allegiance to the flag. So well, really it was disrespecting the flag kneeling or is disrespecting the flag, not imparting justice for all. And, and that's just it. There, there isn't, hasn't been justice for all. There hasn't been freedom for all. And then there seems to be a lack of understanding with one group of people that the other people are having a completely different experience for them. And then there's this like grasping of wanting to hang on to some, and, and it's such an illusory power too. Like when I see, you know, a lot of these, you know, mostly white people and Republicans. And I mean, I've just seen, you saw these, like, did you see those trucks trying to run the, the Biden-Harris campaign van off the road? Again, a child knows that that's not the right thing to do to someone. If I was on that bus, I would have been afraid I was going to be lynched. That's America? In 2020? Okay. What were they going to do with them? Like, were they going to crash them? Were they going to take them off the bus? Like, when was it going to stop? I don't know. And what kind of a, I mean, it's just scary to me, the type of thinking that would even go there, you know, like, again, we all want, everybody wants to win, you know, politics is this game, you know, somebody's got to win, somebody's got to lose, but to go to that depth, it's just. Like you can't control yourself. You've lost your senses. You've lost control of your mind at this point. It's not that serious. And yes, it's serious for our freedoms, but it's not that serious that you have to take other human lives because they disagree with you or they don't follow your political party, or that the president might raise taxes so that others can benefit. I mean, like, okay, when you pay $700 in taxes, when you're a billionaire, you know, there might be a problem. Because I know I don't pay that. I know from my paycheck, I paid monthly, I paid more than twice that per month. 
more than twice that per month. Mm. I'm not a billionaire. That's imbalance. There's something wrong there. So it's not about socialism. That just makes no sense when the rich can continue to get richer and then don't have to pay their fair share. Just their fair share. No one's asking them to pay for everybody. Pay your fair share. What's, what's hard to understand about that? Well, so, and you bring up this interesting thing because so I've been called in the past like weeks and months by people, mostly right-wing people, I've been called a Marxist, uh, a communist, a socialist. And I'm just like, where is this coming from? Again, it's this complete disconnect. Like you actually, they don't actually don't understand what those things really mean. I'm not any of those things. I just want freedom and equality for all people as a base and mm -hmm. the freedom to create whatever you want on top of that. Like the sky's the limit. We can all create income. We can all create, you know, and there has to be a, a again, a fair system around that because we all know that in, in most countries, that's the case, you know, the very, very rich, they know all the, the ins and the outs and they pay very few taxes. And then, you know, the people, as soon as you cross into making just a little bit more money, you're giving mostly half of that away in taxes. So most people are just like scrambling to keep up. So. Yeah. Well, those comments are also, um, they're dismissive. They're just meant to label you and dismiss you. And you know what I'm saying? And you're one of the crazy people. Um, when most of the people don't even understand what that rhetoric, they don't even understand what that means. You know? They don't, but it seems to be a, a, an effect of this. I feel like the right really put out a lot of propaganda this time around. And it really seems to have gotten into people's heads and they can't even think clearly anymore. Like I was in a debate with a friend and all of his friends on Facebook and they're all, you know, Catholics and, you know, and, and, and right-wingers. And mm -hmm. they were all telling me that, yeah, I'm a Marxist, I'm communist and I'm brainwashed. They kept telling, saying to me over and over again, they're, you're brainwashed, you're brainwashed. And I'm like, okay, I'm not perfect, but I'm definitely not brainwashed because I can really, I can actually talk to someone who has a different idea than for me and listen to them. And I can listen and we can have a conversation. I'm not going to get angry about it because I actually believe in that, you know? And yeah. so it's very, it's, it's actually scary almost. Yeah. You know, the Christian angle for this is, has been quite frightening. Um, and I was, I was baptized Christian um, in my, in my twenties. Um, I've studied, well, I was an undeclared religious studies minor. So I, I studied several religions um, at UBC and um, I, I won't say I'm a practicing Christian in that I don't go to church. So I don't want to misrepresent anything here. I, I don't attend church regularly. There's things I don't agree with, but you know, I, like I said, I know the foundation. I've read the Bible. Don't even get me started on how many Christians have never read the Bible. So let me, I've discovered that this year in conversation. I was like, okay, that's like being a doctor and never having read a medical book. Like that's doesn't make sense to me, you know, but you, okay, but I'll call myself a doctor. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you haven't even studied your own text, um, but you call yourself Christian. So that's another story. But um, speaking to the Christian, the right wing, that the conservative that tends to um, support him the most, we're not doctoring footage. This man has been caught on videotape saying and doing certain things. We, we know of this, period, right? Okay. If it looks like a duck, quacks like a duck, walks like a duck, it's probably a duck. That's why the Bible says you shall know them by their fruits. An apple tree is not suddenly producing pineapples. Do you get what I'm saying? My thing is, Christians know Galatians 5, I think, which is the fruits of the Spirit. And if you go down the list of the fruit of the Spirit, this president doesn't possess any of them. 
you shall know them by their fruits. So I'm trying to understand why people are trying to have this religious spiritual stance on a man who literally does not represent anything that their religion stands for. He couldn't even, he wouldn't even, couldn't even spell Galatians, much less to understand what I'm talking about. He's never seen it. He wouldn't even know where it's located in the Bible. You see, it's a Bible. Like when it came out during the riots, that was my favorite. Uh, President Trump, is that your Bible? It's a Bible. I was like, <laughs> I was laughing for two hours. Tropical island in the, you know, to go on vacation to. Oh, is that where we're going on vacation this year, honey? Exactly. I was like, oh my God, I can't write. You can't make this stuff up, you know? So, but the fact that you made me laugh that day, I think we co I commented on, I tagged you in a post and you said, girl, I'm surprised his hand didn't sizzle, you know? I know, like, just like, ah. <laughs> it's probably empty, like all of his notes and stuff during the debates and whatever. Crazy man. Remember his fake uh, signing signatures with the Sharpie? Yeah. While he was quarantine. Oh, Lord. This is a show. It really was his reality show this whole time. But, um, <laughs> but again, yeah, I kept saying like 2020 is the year when reality shows became reality. And it's like, reality. like we, you know, you elect a reality show character, like a star yeah. to become yeah. president. And this is yeah. what happens. You know, the whole thing turns into a reality show. We just kept calling it Idiocracy, like the movie Idiocracy. Go back and watch that. We just kept calling the whole thing Idiocracy. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is insane. But um, again, you know, I don't understand Christians because they are following a person who literally possesses no Christian values. I, I, I just, I mean, point blank, explain that to me. When someone like him could be, you know, giving a press conference and say things like, get those son of a bitches off the field. Does that sound Christian to you? You see what I'm saying? When a man can utter that the the least of his, of his population, the least of the population, uh, the most abused and marginalized population, he can't even say that their lives matter. He can't utter the words. But in the Bible, it says, what you do unto the least of these, you do unto me, right? So again, if you just go for, from his actions to the holy text that they're supposedly following, none of it, none of it matches up. Well, again, with God, right? In the Bible, it says there is no spirit of confusion. I'm bloody confused. <laughs> What's going on? Spirit of confusion. Yeah, like, what are you, you see what I'm trying to say? Like, I'm not even talking really politics. I'm talking like common decency, human decency. How can you tell a white supremacist group to stand by? To do what? <laughs> you can't see that that's wrong. Like this is just, it just, it baffles me. And it really tells me that whatever God you serve, the source spirit decided to take a vacation from this nation for a little while because none of it made sense. Well, it did, but I mean, was, was it a vacation or was it sort of a, was it like a real wake up call? Yeah. You know, there's, I, I was saying for a while, I was like, you know, for all we know, like Donald Trump is, has been one of the highest beings on the planet because he agreed to play this role for everyone just to expose what was hidden. This is the thing. So all of these things- Even Jesus there. needed Judas. What's that? Even Jesus needed Judas. Yeah, right? Mm -hmm. 
right? But no, I, I, I agree with you. I was having a, a very lovely, actually, debate with a woman yesterday as well. I was having some, uh, sometimes I'm like, why do I get in these discussions with people online? But I really am always trying to find the middle ground. And some people I've actually had incredible debates with, like a, a woman right now. It's more like a conversation. She's a right you know, conservative, Christian, and we've been going back and forth, but in a very respectful way. She's listening to me. I'm listening to her. Very different story than, you know, these, some people who are just like on the attack and, you know, projecting and and all of this. Um, But I I don't know, to be honest. I mean, it's just, it's a very good question. I I don't, he doesn't align with the values. (laughs) He just, just, he doesn't, I I can go on and on. This story was really funny. A friend of um, my partner's uh, DJ franchise, um, call, uh, called him, well, first sent him a video. This was the most manipulated video. It was a video that was supposed to disparage, um, you know, Kamala Harris. And for those of you who cannot pronounce her name correctly, let me help you out. It's like the punctuation mark, the comma, Kamala. That's her name, Kamala, not Kamala. And all the other type of racist, variations that you're trying to associate with her name and if you're still having hard time pronouncing it it'll be madam vice president to you anyhow so hey since this video over where it completely tries to demonize um kamala harris and um joe biden on their past you know we already know the prison situation and you know putting blacks behind prison and but kamala um has changed her behavior in the last couple of decades and has done some good. She's changed, you know, that's what redemption is for, right, Christians? Redemption, right? But the video was splattered with imagery of the Clintons, which have nothing to do with them, the new administration. Do you get what I'm saying? So if what they've done is so terrible, you don't need to add to it. You don't need to pad your argument with, people who haven't even been in power in decades. You see what I'm trying to say? Um, And this was to demonize Republicans, and I'm sorry, demonize Democrats and the left. Anyhow, he comes on the phone, wants to, and he's a black man, wants to talk to us about this. And Francis just handed me the phone. So I took it. (laughs) And he said, I said, he goes, do you think that maybe Trump is the right one to support? I said, based on what? He's going to say to me, because he's working with the Illuminati on the agenda. Huh? He said, what now? He said, <laughs> he's work- I said, what agenda? And he started to stutter. And he said, the trans agenda. So you're telling me you're supporting Trump because he's working with the Illuminati against transgenders? That's how crazy people have become. Well, so that that is part of this QAnon theory that emerged. So I remember somebody told me about this for the first time about two years ago. It was somebody that I know kind of from the, you know, spiritual community. And I ran into him and he's like, oh my God, you'll never guess what's happening behind the scenes. Trump is actually a light worker and he's working with the Illuminati to um, take down like the cabal and the dark side. And I was like, this is just right away. I was like, this is ludicrous. And that was all that I heard about it until 
this year when all of a sudden I started seeing all of these people that I know on my social media that I know again from the spiritual coaching community, not uh -huh. friends necessarily, but like associates, you know, and all of a sudden they're all turning into Trump supporters and they have all these pro Trump posts. And I'm just like, what the heck is going on here? And then I found out about QAnon and that's what it's so this is how much, and this is why um, I think we really have to celebrate what's happened now, which is actually that we just took down a fascist. I'm going to say we, because, you know, even though I can't vote, it's funny. I just got off the phone with my mentor and she's an incredible healer, but she was talking about how um, one of her friends acknowledged her and just said, thank you so much for all the work you've been doing behind the scenes in the last four years. So we all played a part in this, whether we could vote or not. There was a lot of us who were sending our energy, sending our prayers, really the world. Oh, yeah. There were people in Paris, there were people all yeah. over the world who were partying this weekend, celebrating this. And yeah, I, I got these, like, I got goosebumps right now. And I think we just have to really, because what I see emerging, I, I do think we're going to overcome it, but there does seem to be this real fascist agenda that's coming in and it's tied into COVID as well. And, you know, I'm not saying that we shouldn't be mindful and take precautions because I oh, think yes. it's oh, yeah. multi-layered what's going yeah. on. That's why there's no, I actually think this whole, everything right now is this giant gift from God in many ways, because it's, it's here to wake everybody up, but it's just not simple. It's very multi-layered. So for me, it's been very humbling. Like I just have to like, you know, get, not get stuck in anything I believe and really be open and neutral, stand for my values, of course, but we show up in this space of, I don't know, but um, just because we were talking about QAnon for a minute, but, but basically this right wing created so much propaganda that it's, it's, it's QAnon is part of it. Um, and I see it with a lot of these right wingers. It's like, their mind has been affected by this and they can't see anything clearly anymore. Not all of them, of course, but I've had, um, and everything is flipped inside out. Everything is like backwards. And it's just like, you can't even have a conversation with them because it just gets derailed, you know? Well, that's, and that's what happened with me and this gentleman. And he had to have several seats because I had to use his own points against him. Like for instance, okay. So there's a, there's this trans agenda, right? That's what's so important, right? Uh, they're about 0.6% of the U.S. population. About 0.6% of the U.S. population identifies as that, not even a full percentage. Why would there be a whole agenda against them? You see what I'm trying to say? Like, like what, what for 0.6% of the population? That's ludicrous. And then on top of it, what do you mean Illuminati? Illuminati is the one who's putting out videos everywhere on, on Facebook, not them, I'm saying people who believe in them, are putting out videos saying that they have an agenda to hide people's uh, real genders and that there are people walking around that are really born a different gender. That's what that is complete opposite of what's already out there in the conspiracy theory world. Do you get what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I had to say to them, I'm, I'm like, uh, that's opposite of what everyone on YouTube is saying. And then the video that he showed us said something about likening Kamala Harris to Sarah in the Bible and Sarah stole Hagar's husband. I won't bore you. I won't get into the long story of why that was so wrong because in the story he referenced, Sarah is the wife of Abraham, not the mistress. Hagar was the mistress. So how can the wife steal a husband from the mistress? You see what I'm saying? Their own rhetoric is not based in logic, reason, or fact.
No, not at all. It doesn't, it doesn't even make any sense. And again, one of their big things is that the mainstream media, and again, I'm very cautious with the mainstream media. Again, I'm not, I'm not saying that it's all true all the time. We yeah, know yeah. That. No, it's not. that's their whole thing. It's like, if you disagree with anything that you, that they, that they say, it's, oh, you're sucked in by the mainstream media and on all of this. And it's like, no, I just believe different. And they, and they believe that the mainstream media is really making Trump look bad and like almost targeting him. It's very much a narcissistic. I had this thought the other day. I said, it's almost like this grand scale narcissist empath play out thing because they actually feel sorry for him. Like he is being persecuted. And I'm like, no, while he's actually no. who's making life very difficult and challenging and causing so much heartache and, you know, so many psychological issues. I mean, so many, so much, rates, all kinds of things have gone up. Yeah. So, I mean, so much heartache, even just the amount of, of deaths that happen in the black community, even the shootings. I mean, this is a whole other, other, but for me, it's like, I've said this before, like America is a psychopathic nation in many ways. As soon as you have one situation where you have a child that has been killed by gunfire, you should look at changing your gun laws. Like one child is enough going on hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hundreds. Like this is psychopathic. And you still have these people who are going to fight over their right to bear arms rather than have compassion for a family that just lost a child because of gun violence. Like I'm, I'm going to change that word to sociopathic. Yeah. <laughs> sociopathic. Because they have, they lack empathy. They, they lack the ability to feel or put themselves in, other, in another person's shoes. They lack the ability to have, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. The feeling. They're all, it's all on the same scale, isn't it? Psychopath, sociopath. I think psycho uh, I think you're right with psychopath sometimes too, because psychopath for me is like you, your, your mind is completely messed up. You're like getting information from where it's not making any type of sense. You know, you're, the way you're processing, processing the information is, is, outside the realms of social norms or something, you know what I mean? Whereas the sociopath is like, you know, you really don't have the ability to feel for somebody else. Well, they, they don't. And they clearly oh. have, I mean, all you have to do is look at the billionaires have become richer this year while people are, you know, being thrown out of their homes, losing everything. losing everything. And yet again, a small group of, you know, mostly white men billionaires are all of a sudden they've made billions this year. And, and you know, that, that is psychopathic. That is psychopathic. That is sociopathic. If you're just like gaining for yourself and not giving back to others, I mean, that's just, I mean, they'll, they'll get their own eventually, but I just, I just think we got to, we have to remove these people from their positions of power is what it comes down to for me. We just need a whole new set of leaders in place. Yeah, it's it's trickling down. The poison trickles downstream. And um, hopefully, you know, it can start to heal. But if you really look at who came forth during this time, women. You and I have had many conversations about this, about women healing the world, particularly Black women. 91% of Black women voted against him, voted for Biden. That's amazing. That was the largest demographic in all of America that voted for him. Stacey Abrams, Abrams is a champion. She was robbed in her local election in Atlanta um, and then ended up fighting and signed up 800,000 people. She registered 800,000 people to vote. Stacey Abrams. Incredible. I know I was, was 80,000, but it was 800,000. 
100,000. Oh, I got the goosebumps again. I know. I know. Because you know about this, but this was, I'm having this in, within myself. I'm having my own processing of that. I saw this all in a vision about three years ago, and it was the most intense vision I ever had. It was like watching a TV screen. I mean, I have a lot of, you know, premonitions and intuitions because of what I do. Yeah. This was different, but that was exactly what I saw. And I yeah. saw that it was the BIPOC women that came out and brought everybody together to vote. And then it was like this, and it wasn't just for America. It actually went out around the world because it inspired people. And I'm, I'm going to address this sometime this week, but I'm like, what is up with this 55% of white women who voted for Trump? I'm just like, you know, and so now yeah. I'm yeah. okay, what is my role? Because my, my first um, interview that I did before you is with this wonderful indigenous healer named Asha Frost. And she said something, she said, you know, white women listen to other white women. So I'm just sitting here thinking, I got I to help with this somehow because I was just shocked. I, yeah. I just don't understand as a woman, and for me, I mean, as a woman, I think women are naturally empathetic. And then I think once you have a child, if you're a mother, I, I would think, I mean, for me, it happened. You become even more empathetic and you can then, you know, identify with anyone who has a child, no matter what color they are or what religion they practice or anything. It's just like, you know, a mother taking care of her child. So it really just boggles my mind that these women are so either lacking in empathy or they're so programmed or they're so in their own privilege. I'm not sure exactly what the, what you can attribute that to. I'd love to hear any ideas, but it's I just have many ideas. And I hope again, it's <laughs> bring it on. Let me know. Yeah. Oh no. Uh, shout out to the Navajo uh, tribe as well. They, they came out the Navajo. Yes. They, they really represented during this election as well. So shout out to them. Um, so we used to say something um, years ago in my women's studies classes, which was um, basically the, the uh, liberation of the white woman was the subjugation of the black woman. In other words, when, when the women's um, movement came and women, white women were marching um, and, and coming out into the streets and saying they want to work and, and leave the household, uh, black women had to go into their households to clean and take care of it. Um, the women's movement is not equal. It's not equal to all of us. Um, and while I'm very happy for all women that we have a, a female vice president for the first time ever, which is some definite progress, um, I think a lot of women were triggered, white women might have been triggered that it wasn't a white woman first. I didn't see it as not a white woman first, I saw it as a woman. Like I was, I was you know, voting for Hillary when she was running. You see, I was just seeing a woman. Um, I think that, um, white woman, most white women, their identity is, is based on this whole social construction of whiteness, which is fake. Blackness, whiteness, these are all social constructs, they're not real. We'll get into that, you know. Um, but it was something that was created in order to um, justify the oppression of another group of people, right? If you go back to early film, because that's my specialty more so, um, you'll see that all, most early films, silent pictures and stuff, was all about the rhetoric of the preservation of the purity of the white woman. She's held on a pedestal, and the greatest enemy to white woman, women was the, the virile black man, you know? So all these movies were about protecting white women from blackness and black men and all these things, you know? That's the underlying current. I think what's happening is a lot of people are afraid that their foundation, the very foundation of their identity is crumbling. They may not be able to articulate that, but 
they they under, they have to understand that the destruction of whiteness will liberate them, not hurt them. The destruction of blackness will liberate us, not, not hurt us. You see what I'm trying to say? Um, I think people just fear losing what they already have, the advantages they have, as opposed to understanding that if you open it up to everyone, we will all rise greater together. We're not gonna put you in cages. We're not going to segregate you. We're not going to institutionalize racism against you. You're not, you don't have to be so scared. You're not going to lose the complete foundation of everything you've built. Do you get what I'm getting at? It's fear. And that's why they're trying to make whiteness synonymous with American. So they got to preserve American. No, you're trying to preserve whiteness by keeping Trump. You see what I'm getting at? You don't need to do that because none of it's real, all of it was crap from the beginning. Uh, slavery started because of economics. And the best, best way to construct the other is to take a group that looks physically different from you. So therefore, we are oppressing them, not us. They needed people to come build their cities and, and work and build their homes. So they had to find a way to justify by making people with darker skin the other, making them lesser, making them not human in the constitution so it's okay for us to enslave them and have them work they don't need the same rights as you you see what i'm trying to say mm -hmm. that's all it came from economics um and then racism sprung from that because the other was constructed i think that really again i will reiterate and it might be going over someone's head but the preservation of america to some people is the preservation of whiteness that's what they're fighting for. Oh, it is clear. I mean, clearly it is because they're like, you know, make America. It's just, it's yeah, yeah. clearly. And it's nothing. It's, it literally is, is, is a nothing thing. Whiteness is nothing. Well, it's, <laughs> it's nothing. People on the outside, like too many Canadians of all races, we're just laughing. Like, what do you want to preserve this for? Like, what, what, like, what is this? What are you fighting for? What are you trying to hold on to? It's like this, it's, it's nothing. It's nothing. It's yeah. not, and you know, every, I mean, I know you know this, but everyone is affected by white supremacy. Everyone will Everybody. live in a white supremacist system. So there's, people are having different experiences inside of the system, depending on it, but we've all been conditioned by that way of thinking. So ultimately right. everyone, we have to deconstruct this. Um, mm -hmm. And this is one of the reasons, one of the many reasons why I think there's a shift of power happening and we're going yeah. to see a lot more BIPOC leaders and because you are the ones who've been telling everyone else about this because of your position within the experience of it, right? So you're having an experience of like being disadvantaged, of being harmed, of being afraid to, I mean, you talk about fear. This is what I find so baffling, you know, when, you know, certain types of white people get all up about things. And I'm just like, there are people who are afraid to leave their homes because they don't feel safe. That is a complete loss of freedom. And then here are another group of people People screaming about I don't know not being able to like exercise a certain way you know like there was one group of people like anti-maskers somewhere and like they came out with their guns and it was because the gyms were closed I think uh, Trevor Noah did a piece on it and he's like this is really what you're gonna do <laughs> it's insane they're grasping at every little straw to hang on to this you know what I mean um, I mean I'll go into this another time but um, I, I, I actually refer to myself as indigenous actually because I am I mean, my people are indigenous to Africa and the Caribbean 
that's what I am. Blackness is, again, what is it? It's not, it's not an ethnicity. What is it? Like, you know what I'm trying to say? So, you know, we, we just don't know. And so when there's lack of knowledge, there's fear, and then they have to construct something to hold on to. So it's like, oh, these masks are un-American. No, medical professionals and scientists say, wear them so you can stop the spread, and then we can all be free again. <laughs> it's not that hard. It's not that hard. And like for me, it's not a political thing. It's huh? actually, it actually really is a privileged thing, to be honest, because even, you know, for me, you know, I'm always on the sort of alternative health things, things, you know, I'm not a hundred percent sure, you know, I wear a mask when I need to, no problem. I have no problem about it. It's not a big deal to me. So all of these people, mostly white people that are screaming about not wanting to wear masks. And then they're actually having marches here in Vancouver coming out and they're talking about their freedoms being restricted, mostly because of the masks and the lockdowns, which number one, everyone is subjected to right now. We don't really have a choice in BC. It's actually a regulation, but you know, we're pretty compliant. So most people are complying with the regulations, which is good, which is fine. But they're screaming about their freedom. And I'm like, you don't even know what lack of freedom is. This is what you're going to come out and march for because you have to wear a mask when you go into a store. And like, I challenged a few people on this online because I said, you know, if, if you weren't out at any of the Black Freedom Marches, like there's been a lot of demonstrations this year. And I was at all the Black Freedom Marches. And I said, if you're not willing to come out and march for like real freedom for people, yeah. but you're going to come out because you don't want to wear a mask. Like yeah. this is really a very privileged place that these people are coming from. And again, they don't understand it. So I think like with the whiteness, you know, whether people realize it or not, some people do, some people are, you know, having more of an awareness of this, you know, they've been in a position of some kind of privilege and this is what they're hanging on to. But, but what is the privilege? How is there any privilege? It's just like going back to what you said at the beginning, like how is there peace when people aren't actually happy. How is there actually freedom and equality when there's a huge group of population that is filled with hate? There's not. And the work is not done until like the vast majority of people are at least in a space of, you know, we, we can't all get along and love one another and be buddy, buddy. Right. We're all different and we have to find our own groups. Right. The people yeah. that we align with hundred, but like totally, but we can still respect one another inside of that. And that's this real missing piece that seems like. A child is taught that in, in kindergarten. Yes. And, and adults have forgotten that. But I will say one thing. You need a whole show on unpacking the racism of Canada. Because that's, what, that's what's showing. The racism, the, the marches you're referring to, the racism and the anti-blackness in Canada. I've had friends show me some posts um, on CTV News uh, posts and threads underneath it in people's comments. The things that were said about Breonna Taylor on that thread were atrocious by white Canadians atrocious she was not even talked about as a young woman she was talked about as a thug a criminal they talked about how she set things up um yeah, one this, man this was from propaganda this was a whole series of propaganda that was that was launched against her because i saw a lot of people sharing that information and saying all these things and then i went and double checked it because but this is a big again so this is part of a larger problem which is this information war that we're in right now which is that anyone can say anything that they want if you present things in a certain way people will believe it and you can literally find any information you want to confirm what you believe. So Absolutely. if you believe A or B, left or right, blue or red, all you gotta do is jump online and you can immediately find people who are validating that belief, whether it's true or not. So this is very scary. True, my dear, but the question is, why is that the position you're trying to validate? 
See, that's what I wanted to ask of the Canadians. It's not just that you're validating that position. Why? Because in your heart, you wanted to demonize that black woman and justify her murder. And that's the part that Canadians are very uncomfortable about speaking about. I'm a dual citizen of Canada, US, so don't bother coming for me. I'm a citizen of both countries. <laughs> so, but my thing is, I, when I tell people, and I live in Georgia, which is now blue, go ahead, Georgia, we turned it blue. Um, <laughs> um, I've experienced more racism in Canada than I've ever experienced in the United States. I've experienced more racism in Vancouver than I have ever experienced in Georgia. And that makes people very uncomfortable to say that. that Canada has a anti-black problem. There's racism, but there's also anti-blackness. Mm -hmm. And Canada is anti-black because what separates it is racism includes all people of color, right? Mm -hmm. Anti-blackness is just us. And that is the racism that we receive from other people of color in Canada, as well as whites. I, and it, yeah. 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 I saw more of that recently, actually, and again, from non-white people. Absolutely. Anti-blackness. And I always correct them. I'm like, what did you just say? I'm like, you can't say that. <laughs> like, yeah. you, you can't say that, basically. Like, that's very, and I'm, I'm not sure. But no, you're, you're absolutely right. Canada mm -hmm. does have a, you know, and it's, and it's all rearing its ugly head now with mm -hmm. a lot of things with the First Nations people. And so the really interesting thing that's happening right now, and part of why this revolution, I was, you know, think about that song like the revolution will not be televised but i'm like actually the it revolution is, is it is it is the fact that everyone now has a camera on their phone and all of these things that have always happened are now being caught on camera so anytime something happens there's an altercation there's something going on somebody whips out a phone and all of a sudden it's not a secret anymore it's online going viral you know yes i'm laughing because my activism is, is, is through my art right now because again speaking to people i i'm not i'm not god's working on me i don't suffer fools well and i'm not very good at um you know like dealing with people like fighting with people to no end to get what i mean so i decided with my writing my producing that's what's going to be my my activism um in that way um besides also on sugar water radio um we, we've been sort of holding electric election coverage this entire time oh you guys talk about everything you guys go in on everything that's what i yeah. love about sugar okay. water it's like anything yeah. There's talk about you guys go in and you don't hold any all nothing uncensored because we own ourselves <laughs> and um yeah so but the thing is i was laughing because i remember um when i went to work on my second degree which was film at sfu um we had to do a film project and a group project and um i did a mockumentary it was so silly but i loved it it was a mockumentary on um stunt doubles in the industry and what i did though is i reversed it so that stunt dub doubles were the famous people and the actors were secondary. So the stunt doubles got all the good, you know what I'm saying? Got all the money, got all the fans, got all the good treatment and actors were treated like crap in comparison to them. So I flipped it sort of thing, you know? Uh, and at the end, um, the main character, which was myself in the film, um, who was an actress that was protesting against the atrocities committed against us, you know? And I yelled out, this time the revolution will be televised, you know? And that was, <laughs> and that was what was it, 15 years ago I did that? Yeah, so I thought it was really funny because, you know, by flipping it, I'm basically trying to say, like, how would you feel if the tables were turned? Mm -hmm. It's sort of like that movie that no one can really find, White Man's Burden, where Black people were superior and white people were, were the ones that were oppressed and subjugated. 
Well, that, that's actually, that is the fear. That is very much the fear. fear. And um, it's, I mean, I, I brought this up and we, we've talked about this before and I have no problem saying this as a, I, I do, I've said this to you before, like it doesn't diminish me as a person, but I honestly believe that there is something about the DNA of any type of indigenous person, whether yeah. they are, um, you know, especially BIPOC people, there's something about that DNA that has a, um, I don't want to say superior, but there's some, there's something there that is a threat to whiteness. There is something there. And so hence, this is why, because when you look at these things that continue to happen, like this, the separation of families, indigenous families, like all of these things, there's something very devious. And this goes back to the psychopathic piece, which is, I do see that there is intentional, there is an intention to create harm there is an intention and i see this even like with brianna taylor like with her with her trial and whatnot part of me i i do see that the administration just keep it's like poking a wound over and over and over again you know it's like the wound is there let's poke it again let's poke it because when people are emotional and when people are traumatized that creates a whole ripple effect of um people not being able to, to cope and function and it continues the trauma and there is so much cleanup that needs to be done from the past that like we should be looking at like how can we just not I mean but again you and I are different kinds of people we are we are yeah. and how about this to people who want to say Brianna was a thug or whatever whatever okay let's say she was god forbid let's say she was is that still a fitting end for her <laughs> messed up why would that again you could say all Garrett Gardner you can name um George Floyd you can name all again were their ends fitting were they appropriate for the crimes that you're accusing them of committing murder death death penalty you know what you have to do to get the death penalty in America Absolutely. And again, this is, this is back to this thing. I, I've seen so much of this, people justifying these things, people, or dismissing it. This was a big part of the propaganda was that um, people were dismissing it. They were saying, um, and then so this is where I've seen a lot of people, and actually I've been very disappointed with a lot of the spiritual people I know because they're actually dismissing racism because they say that all the events of this year were ignited by the U.S. to start a race war. And I'm like, no, the race war has been going yeah. on. The war, it's been going on for 400 plus years, everybody. Like, flash, everyone, racism was invented this year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this gives them an out not yeah. to have to look at it because they're like, oh, it's being created. Like, oh, it's, and then they can completely dismiss systemic racism. And then people were saying about George Floyd that, um, that all of these stories, the death wasn't real. It was faked. It was staged. It was whatever, whatever. And anyway, again, back to what you said. Okay. Still, even if these were the worst people in the world, even if they did do all these terrible things, is that okay? Is it okay for a police officer to barge into anyone's house in the middle of the night and shoot somebody for no reason? Anybody? No, it's not. Because get more of a punishment for shooting the walls. Oh yes. Oh, that was the ultimate. That was the part that I was like, that is the ultimate, ultimate slap in the face. Like, how could that even be? I mean, it's just, it's just mind boggling. So like, it's interesting because it's like, you know, it feels like everybody is celebrating a bit of a victory. And then also this like, oh my gosh, there's still so much 
clearly that needs to be done. And it just amazes me. How how can we be at such different levels of consciousness? Like, you know, there's people like us and, you know, we're not perfect. We have our stuff, but we would never go to these kinds of levels of hatred or, you know, we have self-control. Self-control is part of it too. If you have self-control, then even if you're in a situation, even if you're being disrespected yourself, you have the good sense to just have a nice day, walk away, do whatever you need to do, not to escalate the conflict. That's a, that's a learned skill. Absolutely. Some people are born with it. And this is the learned skill that people who are police officers who are called into situations, these are, this is what they need to learn because they, they, need to learn. they forget the badge says serve and protect, yes. serve and protect. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And you're hundred percent right on that. Um, that's why I was saying earlier, you got to check your, your, your spirit because you don't have to be a scholar. You don't have to be a political analyst to know that that's something's not right. It's not liberty and justice for all. Something's not right. You, you can feel it. Like if you are a person that could sit there and watch the television and say good for him on one of those deaths or good for her, you need to check your spirit again. Something's wrong with you. I don't care what color the person's skin is. I don't celebrate someone's life being taken from them in that type of manner unjustly. I don't care what color or political affiliation you have. No. Like when did human decency go out the window? <laughs> like when did that back to this Christian thing about how the and I mean this is just I could go on about this forever because I too have a you know I was I didn't grow up Christian necessarily but you know my ancestors were Christian and I was I had a bit of a come to Jesus moment and I was baptized and I'm a very like you non-traditional believer but I do believe in I believe in Christ I believe in you know I do read all the things you know and Mm -hmm. and I'm open to other things too but I just can't believe this disconnect between these so-called Christians who do absolutely nothing like they don't even act like christ it's like they don't even like it, it's just mind-boggling what would jesus do without the window because yeah. <laughs> he wouldn't do none of that stuff. <laughs> even even this woman yeah. that i was having a, the one that i was having a really like a good a good a healthy debate with she was talking about the bible and i think her stance is like we just have to follow the bible word by word but i said you know even that is illogical why would we look to a book that was written two thousand years ago 100 not to say that there's not wisdom in it because obviously there is is that are we really meant to take word for word this document that's thousands of years old and that we also know pretty much factually it has been altered it has been messed with like we do know the king james bible the king james bible is not considered a bible did you know that no i did not it's considered literature yes thank you that's what I said. I said, the Bible is full of its stories, parables, lessons. It doesn't mean that there's not wisdom in there, but yes. is it an absolute 100% truth? No, it's not. It can't be. It's, we know this. I did not know this. This is the other thing I love about you. You are like the wealth of information. <laughs> you know something about everything. This is why I always ask you. Like, if I don't know and have a question, I'm like, ask Zoe. I'm a weird knowledge junkie. It's weird. I retain useless facts for some weird reason. <laughs> no, no, it's great though, because you have, but it's not just on one subject. It's like across the board. You have this really oh, wide, you know, it, no, it's, it's incredible because we need to, we need to know things like this and we need to yeah. not forget yeah. because it's actually the spread of misinformation that is causing the most Absolutely. problems. So how can Absolutely. we learn to discern between what's true and what's not? And that comes back to what you keep saying, which is the spirit. 
if mm-hmm. people are not in touch with the spirit mm-hmm. and again truth is also relative because you know it's going to be everyone's mm-hmm. going to have their own sort of truth yes. certain mm-hmm. things are you know just way offline and then it's like the further people align themselves with that untruth that's where i'm seeing this cognitive dissonance and the projection and all of this just like it's really it's really scary actually yeah it is it is because um what I said after the phone call conversation I told you about was that a little bit of knowledge is a dangerous thing. You know that phrase, mm. a little bit. Yes. When you don't get enough of it, when you only get a piece of the story, when you only get half of the story, that's dangerous. Um, <clears throat> sort of going back to the, 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 the argument I had with the friend on the phone, when he was saying the thing about Abraham, Hagar, and Sarah, and how the fact that um, Hagar had the covenant with Abraham um, and, and Sarah stole Abraham from Hagar. Well, no, you're, you're, if you're using that as an analogy to say that Kamala Harris stole um, America from Pence or from whatever he was trying to say in this stupid analogy, you've got to tell the truth. You can't manipulate all the facts in the story so that the outcome favors your point. <laughs> then your point is not built on a foundation of truth. So it won't stand. Not only is it a manipulation, as I see it, it's actually a complete flip because what all these QAnon people believe is, okay, Trump is taking down the Illuminati, he's taking down the dark side, and he is saving the world from child pedophilia. Now, Donald Trump is a known, pretty much child pedophile himself. There are trials, there are, and again, this goes back to like, why are people so disconnected that they can't even look and the evidence is right there for themselves. He has, again, things have come out of his own mouth on many occasions, and there have been many incidences of him being appropriate with underage people over the years. Countless, countless, countless. So then- friends with Jeff Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell. Exactly. This is what narcissists do, right? And I have extensive experience with narcissists, so I understand them inside and out now. They flip everything and it turns into a projection. So it's almost like he took everything that he was or and and they flipped it around and then they made um, Hillary and the Clintons. They demonized them and oh, they're like eating the, you know, drinking children's blood and like it gets so ridiculous. And, And you know, as, as do you, we both know conspiracy theories. We've been yeah. all versed in this for a long time. So we know that, you know, not everything is as it seems. You can't yeah. totally trust the media. can't totally trust the government. Okay, we know this, right? So, yeah. Well, can I present this to you? Yes. Let's use their argument, right? It's about the children. Let's save the children, right? If you have information to take down a group of people that are harming children, release it. What does it have to do with politics? Release it. Stop it now. We don't want children harmed. No one wants children harmed. If you have these cards, if you have that smoking gun, if you have the information and you're such good people, release it now. Who cares about what what political party they belong to? Release it. They don't have that. And let's also use their information. Let's say the, the Clintons are bad as well, even though we've seen uh 45 pictured with the likes of jeffrey epstein multiple times at multiple events parties whatever weddings whatever right why do people think now let's go back to the illuminati thing which is synonymous with also the elite am i correct it's the elite of the world right 45 is a billionaire yeah Mm -hmm. so why do you think that he is not a part 
of the very institutions you're trying to take down? What if they all are? Why is he the one that's exempt? Of course he is. Okay. You get what I said from the get-go. I said that from the get-go. I was like, like he's not involved in them. Well, like, it like, is. And the other thing I kept saying, which is the point is, I said, if he's really so concerned about children, why are there like thousands of children in cages at the border? Because he like his wife's jacket said, they, don't, they really don't care. Do you? They don't. And not only that, I, my, my feeling with those children, and apparently, unfortunately, like tragically so, um, yeah. my feeling with those children was that they were actually being groomed for human trafficking because they're the perfect, unfortunately, they're the perfect, they're, they're nameless, faceless children. Nobody knows their parents are gone. Parentless. Pardon me? Parentless. Parentless. You know, labelness. Nobody knows where they came from. Nobody even yeah. knows their no name. Papers, like, no it's tragic, and I and I just really hope that one of the first things that they do in the, this new presidency is release those children because that's been breaking my heart since the moment I heard about it. I was like, we really have a problem in this world if people are so heartless that they could put ch like children living in cages. Like it's just, it's just, I can't even go, go there. back to what I said in the beginning when I made the analogy. You see, you can do harmful things to children and be in a position of power and tell them it's okay, but their spirits is going to know it's not. You see what I'm saying? That's, to me, an analogy. It's synonymous with what's going on in this world, in this country. It doesn't matter. The people in power can tell us that, you know, he's the savior and he's good and he's going to do all these things, but it is not feeling good. So what makes it good? I'm not wired backwards. I'm not wired to believe that, that pain is awesome and hatred is, is really love. I'm not wired backwards. If it feels good, it usually is. If it doesn't, it usually isn't. We can go right back to childhood with that one. Well, and the funny thing about a lot of these people, though, is like they will actually deny racism. They will deny not only that, the new projection that I saw a couple times last week, which is that... If a, and this happened to a friend of mine and in a couple other scenarios that I observed online. So if mm. a BIPOC person is talking about some experience where they were maybe being mis mistreated or a racism, the white person will then say to them, you are being racist. <laughs> I've seen that. And I'm just like, okay, this is just like the ultimate. I'm like, I, I just, I just can't even like, and it's a little frightening because I, I just really hope and pray that some of these people that maybe now that he's out that they can have a little bit of a revelation because where I see some of them going is it's actually frightening, but it's like, a, it is a cult. It's like you said, it really is. Yeah. It's like that video I sent you yesterday of that um, minister in the church going like laughing like a maniac because oh. they, they just <laughs> that was like the, uh, Sean King posted that. And I was just like, this is the craziest right. thing I've ever seen. These people are mental. Like they're, they're um, basically for anyone who hasn't seen it, it's a, some church pastor and he's basically in complete denial that, you know, Donald Trump is not going to be the president. And he's laughing like a maniac as is everybody in the church. That laugh was demonic. I was just like, what's wrong with him? <laughs> Someone get him some holy water. I was like, what's wrong with him? <laughs> Right. <laughs> it was crazy. Um, yeah, it, it, it's, yeah, <laughs> that was insane. It, it, it's crazy right now what's happening. And they definitely need to bring it back to a place of, 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 of sanity. You know what I mean? So um, what would you, any, any last thoughts? What would you like to say or anything? Anything. Anything. From First of all, this is triggering. You guys are going to be upset about this. Black people cannot be racist. 
we can have biases, racial prejudices, right? The ist in racist, the ism in racism, the ism in sexism or the ist in sexist implies that the person acting has, is in a position of power. That's where the institutionalization of it comes from. I do not have a, the power as a black woman to negatively affect your life from an institutional place. So already using racist and flipping it onto black people or people of color and saying that they are being racist already is false because we do not possess the institutional power to be racist against you and affect your lives. I mean, that's just English. I think a lot of people don't study um, English. And I know that sounds weird, we speak it, but we don't know the etymology and the origins of words. We don't understand some of the things that come out of our mouths. And words are power. Words are spells. That's why it's called spelling, but I won't get into that conversation. Oh, that's a good conversation. I, I talk about that a lot. It's yeah, yeah. The English, the English language is fascinating. And no, thank you for sharing that because that yeah. is, and this is actually a huge problem that's going on in, in Canada too, is there's still, in America, is the denial of the systemic racism. So it's like still, and it's like, okay, a few more people are taking the blinders off and seeing more clearly, but it's like, we need a giant, like, take the, take the mask off, sorry for the irony, but it's like this, people are not even seeing it clearly, you know? We need a giant detox of the soul. Be careful what you consume. I'm not just talking food. Be careful what you consume. There's a reason it's called programming on your television. Yeah. <laughs> we all, on, from any side around the world, it's time to detox. And once the toxins are out of your system, maybe just take a social media break, take a news break for a minute. You might be able to see clearly once the toxins have been processed out of your soul. It's like being drunk versus, you know, sleeping it off. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? You think differently once you've slept it off. Well, I mean, this is, again, this is a huge conversation that we can, <laughs> you're going to have to come on. I'm like, well, you're going to have to come on every week. We have so much to talk about. This yeah. is part of the, literally, there's so many levels to the, the deceptive programming that happens to us as human beings. It involves news and media as part of it. Food is another part of it because they're destroying everybody's guts. Because literally, how can you trust your gut and listen to your gut instinct if your gut is polluted with all of this genetically modified food, all of this crap, like all of this, there are so many layers. Like we're literally fighting a war down here. Like people don't think about it, but we're really actually, and, and most people are just in the slumber and they just take for, you know, they just keep going about their life and they just buy into all of it and they believe all of it. And yet- there's so many layers to what's going on. So it's like, there's this, I, I don't remember who said it, but it's like the spiritual journey is not about learning. It's about unlearning, actually. Oh, we, yeah. have to, we have to unlearn and so that yeah. we can actually get back to like what you, what you keep coming back to this piece about the spirit. If somebody doesn't even, first of all, they don't even know that they have a spirit to begin with, or they're so clouded and programmed. And this is actually, I think the, pro the problem and the issue with a lot of these Christian people. So they think that they're connected to some kind of, a, and I'm, and I'm not here to question anybody. Right, right, right. Absolutely. All have a personal relationship with God. Okay. That's it. But you can see this extremity playing out and not just in Christianity in many religions. And again, it comes back to people who abuse power and they use the name of God and they use spiritual and religious ideals to control people. And it's worked time and time again, and it continues to work. And 
a lot of it is coming out of the woodwork and there's still a lot more that has to be sort of revealed around that. Absolutely. Because again, you know, not to continue too long, but you know, are you really making a choice in life when I'm, when someone is giving you the things to choose from? You do that with children when they want to wear crazy clothes to school. You say to them, no, you can wear this or you can wear this. They have a whole closet full of, of clothing, whole closet. But you say, you don't have time for it today, mommy. Like you choose this or this, you pick. So the child picks and feels empowered that they made a choice. Did they really make a choice? Or did you just present them with an option? You see what I'm saying? So understand that there are algorithms out there that are feeding you information supporting your ideals. Because when you did your internet searches or you made your posts, this algorithm read your preferences, read your likes, and is giving you more of it to keep you engaged on their platforms right? So that they can feed you the advertising, right? So you can consume it, right? But <laughs> it's not because everybody in the world thinks like you. It's because it's an algorithm that has studied you and your habits and is taking you further down into the rabbit hole of those beliefs to keep you engaged so you can be a present observer or consumer of the things they want you to buy or to buy into. Yes, and that is so true. Please, please watch the social dilemma if you haven't already, because that's It'll tell you. Although, and that actually that's a specific reason why I haven't deleted all of the the Trump supporters and the, the opposing people because I wanna a lot of people are like, oh, I'm deleting everybody. I'm like, no, I'm gonna keep my eye on them. I'm I really wanna see what's going on because that's real actually. You know, yeah. I live in my own bubble. I, I do to an extent, you know, and this has been, this year has been a lot about that as me, uh, for me, really coming to this place of, okay, what can I really do for my own life? Because I can't take on the burden. No one person can take on the burden of the whole No, it's no. Just, it's just I, too much. <laughs> I said to my friend the other day, I can't wait for politics to die down so I can get back to spirit. Because I'm spirit first. I'm not politics first. I decided to join the fight because it felt good in my spirit for my fellow human beings. But that, I already know that that's not the answer to everything. That's a whole other show, like I said. Because Mother Teresa said, and I am par paraphrasing her, if you invite, you would know this, if you invite me to an anti-war rally, I will never attend. But if you invite me to a pro-peace rally, I will come. What you focus on in life increases. That's why your be these beliefs were created, this red, this blue, this left, this right. It's because what you focus on increases, and that's what the algorithm wants out there. It's not because your choice is right. It's not because your belief system is right. You get what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. I've if thought about this so much. And it even ties into like, you know, how so many spiritual people, and this is real, of course, like synchronicity, alignment, all of those things. So the algorithm and the social media and all of this can actually trick us into believing like, oh, it must be a sign because this popped up. It's like, no, that popped up. It's Others believe what I believe too. So I must be right. 
Well, yeah, even as a simple of like, oh, I'm looking for like a new pair of red boots. And you, you tell your friend that on a conversation on the phone or in a text. And then all of a sudden you go on Facebook and it's all ad for red boots. Wow. It's God talking to me. Not exactly. It's the, yeah. you know, it's the Silicon Valley playing God that's talking to you, you know? Playing God is not exactly. <laughs> and that's why I say to people at the end of the day, I don't give a damn about red or blue. I don't give a damn about Democrat or Republican. That's not the issue. I don't give a damn about any of that. It's not important. Because again, regardless of who was elected, I still had to live. I still had to go on. I still have to create. I still have to thrive. You see what I'm saying? Well, and we do. And that's another point. I mean, that's another piece. I spirit. What I do care about is goodness. Mm-hmm. I got a little message from Spirit the other day, and they actually said, like, um, Spirit said, um, you know, it's all about who appears to be in power. Because actually... It's just, it's just an illusion because the one who's the grand leader, it's actually really what goes on at the community level that's mm-hmm. really going to affect our lives. So that's where I think we really need to get back to now that this yeah. you know, bigger piece is over. And yes, there's, you know, hopefully a better set of leadership in the house here Then now really where everything happens is on the community level. So that's really where people need to get to is the grassroots Absolutely. and look what's going on in their the local elections that take place every two years are more important than the big, the big four year. Yeah. Uh, shindig it, it absolutely. well this is what they did in bc actually they illegally called an election just a few weeks ago um, wow. because everybody was distracted by covid and u.s politics right and they actually broke their own rule which is that they're actually not supposed to the, the election was scheduled i think for next year but they actually kind of broke the law and called an election and it's because mm-hmm. everybody's distracted and so that was an ability for them to you know move uh, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain yes <laughs> And this is really the biggest fear, you know, the biggest fear of the powers that be or the powers that were or whoever this group of people is that's really doing all these things because we actually don't know who they are because the real people, I always think about this, I'm like, who are these real people? Because everybody that we see in the front are just figureheads, right? Even like, I don't know, why are you calling him 45, by the way? That's, oh, I don't like saying his name. It's like, it's like um, Candyman. If I say it too many times, I feel he'll show up behind me. So I just... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I refer to the number of his presidency. <laughs> the only one. one of my friends, like a couple weeks ago, she went on her, she's like, I'm going on a detox of him. She's like, I don't want to see him. I don't want to hear his name. I don't want to, people call him Cheeto, all kinds of, I just didn't oh, hear yeah. I like Cheeto. I think that's a yeah, good That's a number of his presidency. So I'm like, that's what I call him, you know. Five. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> but, um, you know, as a producer, I always say to people, you think you're watching programs with commercials in between them. What you're really doing is watching commercials with, co- with programming spliced in. Mm-hmm. It's inverse. We create content so that advertisers will buy commercial. We create content so that you guys will tune in. So you think you're tuning in to watch the content, but what you're doing is tuning in to see the commercials that paid us. So wacky. That's actually I one of my memories of a you know being a quite now I realize I didn't realize at the time you know being an in tune and a sensitive child. Mm-hmm. I recognize that manipulation present from the time I was a child, and I remember I used to yell at the TV when the commercials came on because I was like, "This is nonsense! Like this is crap!" Like I could feel the the inauthenticity, and you could I could actually see how everything was just so. It just wasn't what it seemed. So I felt that from a child, but I didn't understand it till I was about 18 and I had a big awakening. And then I learned about, you know, all these things that are going on. And this is where it gets tricky because there is, of course, a 
Illuminati or whatever it is that you want to call them. Like, this is very real. We know this from being in the entertainment industry. Like, it's real. It's there. It's happening. A lot of people are involved in it in different levels. And yet, to use it or a false conception of it to create... Understand it. Yeah. But just remember, since you mentioned the Illuminati, just remember this. What is their real agenda? You don't know. Their real agenda isn't about what all these people think it is and making you worship Satan. It's not the real agenda. Just remember, research them and research wars. They have always funded both sides. Not red, not blue. They've always funded both sides. And that's so that you can Google. Yes. And that's comes back to that saying, I said, this is somebody else, you know, that saying like left and right are two wings of the same bird. So we need to stop looking at the wings and like upgrade the bird. We need to move from like West messenger pigeon to like an Eagle, you know, like that's yeah. what we need to do. We need to get on a different bird, not stop fighting, yeah. but which cause both yeah. wings actually. And you know, I do think to a point, not to the extreme, but I think division is serving to a point. Like, I don't think we're supposed to believe the same thing. I don't think, I think part of the, the human experience and to be a truly evolved human is to be able to be with people who think differently from you, that believe differently from you, look different from you, and to be able to find a common ground with them, whether you agree with them or not, but we don't have to run around screaming and yelling at everybody that we disagree with. You know, if they're bringing that to us, that's a different story. We may have to protect ourselves or remove ourselves from the situation. That's very different. But, you know, many people coexist happily that have different beliefs and they're, they're still neighbors and they bring each other milk and eggs when they need it or whatever, you know? Friends. I've had Republican friends in Georgia, white Republican friends. Like I've had all of this, you know, there's no need for the hate. Yeah. Um, one of the things that used to happen to me a lot when I was younger, um, and I know the intention, because intention is everything, I know the intention behind their hearts was good, but they would look at me and say, well, when I see you, I don't see black, I just see Zoe, I just see you. And then I would say to them back, well, when I see you, I see white. And then they were like, what do you mean? I see white, I see Asian, I see Indian, I see native, I see black, I see Latinx, and I love it all. I want to see it. I enjoy it. I don't want everything to be one homogenous glob, like you know what I'm trying to say? I said, I see you, I hear you, and I embrace you, and I love it. I love, yeah, it's so true. I um, yeah. My friend uh, Nova Stevens, she just won Miss Universe Canada, and that's actually what she said in her speech. She got yeah. up and said, she said I'll, I'll send it to you. She said, yeah. I want you to see me as a black woman. She oh, said, she's black. Okay. oh yeah, she, she, she stood up, she actually said that in her speech. Her speech was incredible. And she said yeah. that, she said, I want you to see me as a black woman. And I want you to see that black is beautiful too. And yeah. uh, she's going to, she's doing amazing. Oh, good. I'm gonna see and it. It, was, yeah. it was the same thing. You know, she got a lot of flack from people on her social media, you know, a lot of hateful comments, but she addressed it like a boss. She got on, she made a, a video with her phone and she said, you know, this doesn't bother me. It doesn't affect me, but I'm doing this for all the little girls out there who look like me so that you know that no matter what you look like, that you're beautiful and don't ever, you know, it's amazing. So yeah, she's going on to um, Miss Universe next. Congratulations to her. That's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah, but of course, everyone's already comparing her to Miss South Africa, who's the current one, because they look quite similar. And, you know. Okay. I haven't followed the pageant stuff in a while. I should look at it because it's really um, sort of, I guess it's like a microcosm of what's happening in the world in a weird way, right? Well, actually, she's actually an activist. She's actually the one who she organized a lot of the freedom marches here, the real freedom, black freedom marches, not the mask ones, but you know, um, so yeah, she's an activist and a model. So she's really using right. the platform. brain's really power. Good for her. Bring it. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, so. Congratulations. Yeah. Bring that black girl magic. <laughs> black girl magic. And she all sent, she's, she's just gorgeous. She's like the epitome oh. of like the gorgeous, like she was born in Sudan actually. And then she, oh, wow. she was six. 
Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Please send me the link. I'll check around mention her and stuff. And I also got to mention you on our show tonight. Um, you know, congratulations on your album. Oh, thank you. Yeah, the world needs that. I love it. I love it. I'm still trying to purchase it. I had problems because I have Spotify membership. And so they wanted to give it to me for free. Don't buy it. Go get it for free. Go pay for it. Support Go pay for it. Oh, I told you this already. I'm like, just listen to it. But I mean, Spotify, Spotify is a double-edged sword because yes, the artist doesn't get the money directly, but you are then there to be, so many people can hear your music. So, yeah. easy. so it's like a, it's a double-edged yeah. sword. Yeah. Um, before we wrap it up here, I'm like, of course we went like way over. I'm trying to, keep I know, I know. <laughs> but, um, please tell us, um, a little bit about sugar water and I mean, this is going to go up later, but tell us about yeah. what's happening tonight and all of that. Yeah. Sugar water. Uh, we've been doing the liquid truth. We call it the liquid truth, our show that we do twice a week, Mondays and Thursday nights. And we've been doing it for 12 years now. And we were really just starting off as a voice for independent artists. Um, because we started to learn that, you know, you can't you can't make it in the business if you can't be heard you know you make all this music and as you know it's expensive and it's time consuming and time is money and don't make it you know your art so that only your friends and family can hear it and but at the same time you may not have twenty thousand dollars to pay a station payola so that they will spin it four times at 1 a.m we needed a station and a platform for you guys to be heard and so we developed Sugar Water Radio. And so, you know, we would charge um, $50 and your music spinning in perpetuity as long as someone requested. And even if it's not, it's in rotation. And, you know, a lot of people we've heard over the years got signed just from, oh, I, I heard you on Sugar Water or stuff like that. And that really makes us feel good because, you know, that's what we created that platform for. We know we've heard horror, we hear horror stories on a weekly basis of artists paying oh my god thousands their parents remortgage houses and they're handing people thirty thousand dollars and getting nowhere oh yeah we spun your you know whatever so at, at the end of that we also developed music real estate DJ franchise created it um and music real estate is a brokerage firm um that helps get placement to people on the radio the beautiful thing about it is though we're much cheaper than it, again the payola that you got to pay thousands of people a thousand dollars to djs which you should never do because it's the program directors that control this but also that um you get tracking reports you get to see where your music was actually played and do your own work your due diligence to follow up and maybe promote yourself so you can get interviews on those stations i mean some people are being played on digital stations that they've never even heard of across America. And we've had people get signed from that as well. Um, so, you know, it's like invest in yourself. You've invested in your music. Now, you know, if a tree falls in a forest and no one's there to hear it, does it make a sound? I'm going to tell you the answer to that is no. Because unless it's being observed, it does not exist. So make sure you get your music out there with safe, reputable, pe reputable people. You don't have to use us, but we've just been doing it for decades. And we, you can Google us. We don't have one complaint anywhere on the internet because we'd rather make less money and, have, and be able to sleep at night. So <laughs> um, yeah, just go with people you trust. Get your music out there. Um, let people hear the wonderful art you've taken the time to, to create. And um, that's why we have Sugar Water. That's why we have music real estate. And um, yeah, we, we just, we, we believe, um, we believe in the art. We believe in the artist behind the art, if you get what I'm saying. 
Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for yeah. that. And I also want to add that just not only do you support independent artists, but you've were interviewed and spoken to like every, so many famous artists. I mean, yeah. I can see you, I've met so many famous artists because of you, like being oh. in out with you, like so many yeah, like, right, right. stories. And those are just like the pockets of times when I happened to be in New York with you. So, yeah, no. you know, <laughs> really, you guys have not just supported independent artists, but you've had yes. a chance to talk with like a lot of the, the greats. Absolutely, yeah, I've been blessed to do that. We've covered a lot of things. Uh, one of the one, things I was most uh, proud of covering recently was, um, well, you know, the, the, the show Lovecraft Country. Mm. That everyone's talking about. If you haven't seen it, watch it. It's amazing. That, that show is full of codes. Full of, if you don't know coding, you're going to miss half of it. But anyways, it was still very entertaining. Um, I interviewed um, the producers and, um, you know, Eva Green and um, Journey Smollett when they were at Comic-Con promoting the show Underground that they worked on together. So it was really nice because I was like, hey, that's Ava's show. I interviewed her two years ago when she did Underground, you know, before, before she was a household name because of Lovecraft Country. So I thought that was really good. And it's, you know, to have a black woman producer behind that show and it's killing it out there. I was like, okay, that's awesome. You know, and then, and of course, um, it brings diversity into a genre that was usually limited more to Caucasians. You know, we weren't very dominant in the sci-fi or horror or fantasy realm. And now, you know, there's more people like Jordan Peele and people are out there that are um, getting getting um, offerings from us in those genres, you know, made. So I think that's great. Again, representation matters. It matters and it's fun and people are enjoying it regardless of color because what's good is good. Black, white, Asian, Latino, Native, doesn't matter. What's good is good. Give everybody a chance uh, to express their art and be seen and heard. And so that's one of the proudest things I have about Sugar Water is that we have not been limited. You know, I've interviewed, you know, great white artists as well as, you know, Black and Latin and whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, so I, I like the diversity of the path from music to film, everything that we've covered over the years. I love it. So where, uh, where can people find you? Where's sugar water yep. and then your own like your let people know where they can find you yeah you can find us on www.sugarwaterradio.com spelled correctly just as it is sugarwaterradio.com and then you can also just follow me on instagram zoe new girl i'm trying to get better at actually posting but we all know about the shadow man and everything <laughs> i've been shadow man for a while <laughs> and the problem is is that if you stop posting then you're you have to keep posting it's like a catch-22 you it know is. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah. you don't keep posting like semi consistently, then you actually the algorithm doesn't care about you. So that's yeah, but I'm not consistent. Yes, yeah. new girl. I haven't. I didn't address you as this, but yes, your name is on the show is New Girl. So it's yes, Zoe yes. New Girl Bridgman here. It, it really makes it easy to find me because you got Zoe and my nickname New Girl. So you got it together. And and you right? No, it'll be N U. Yeah, N U. That's what I mean. Just so people know that it's not like yeah. Yeah, N E W. It's N U, new girl. Just think new as in Nubian. New. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> thank you so much. This thank is, you. I, I have to have you back because, like, we can, we can talk about everything, and you're just such a, there's so much more to talk about. We like, on, you know, but yeah, when the political stuff dies out a bit. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, talking with you always, always gives me hope because I love how we can always, like, connect and share, and it's just, you know, we're, we're going to get there. We are. We are. Look at us, Ebony and Aubrey. We friends. <laughs> right? That's also important to see too. I think there's yeah. a lot of, I mean, we could talk about this another time, but I know that's yeah. also something that the media does is the media really, 
again, tries to separate people and then doesn't see that there's all kinds of things like there's all kinds of interracial friendships and relationships and communities interacting. And there's a lot of actually sharing and good things going on, but we don't hear about that. So we also need to celebrate this and bring that into the forefront too, that there are lots of groups of people coexisting peacefully and happily, but we don't hear about this because all we hear about is the negative stuff, right? So Absolutely. And we've been friends since we were in our 20s. So that's not like exactly. a new thing that just developed, you know what I mean? Like Last year when we were in our 20s. I know, right? Yeah, yeah, two, two years ago. <laughs> two years ago. <laughs> yeah, right. Thank you again. Yeah. Thank you so much, everybody. New, Zoe New Girl Richmond. You can find her on sugarwaterradio.com and on Instagram. Yes. Okay, see you again. Thank right, you. Love you. <laughs> love you. Bye. You've been listening to A Voice for Love. This is Surya Devi. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope this series inspires you to discover your own voice for love so you can use it to be a force for good in your life and in the world. You can find me at suryadevi.com. I wish you great joy, good health, and the courage to speak up for what you believe in. Peace.